Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7, it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, though there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Shall we pray? We bless you, O God. We give you thanks for your wonderful words. Truly, also freely given, wooing us to heaven. We thank you for your beautiful, wonderful words. O Holy Spirit, convict us through your words and lead us to the right path. Grant us undivided hearts that we may follow your way. As we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Could you just greet the person next to you good morning and just say hi? It's a beautiful morning. You know, about two years ago, we moved back here to Cebu. And, you know, I just resigned from my pastoral role from another place. And we were turning seven um, for our, you know, we were about to celebrate our seventh wedding anniversary. And having the last pay, you know, I wanted to buy something for my wife, something special, something which I could not afford. Uh, so I really wanted to give her that. And so for that specific year, using all that I have, <laughs> I brought her a necklace. Don't worry, it's not that glad. Okay, I brought her a necklace. You know, she was so happy, and I was so happy that she was happy, and she was happy that I was happy that she was happy, and we were just, you know, we were just so happy. But months after that, on one happy day from coming from ministry, I came home and I saw her very busy rearranging our stuff in the house, and I thought, wow, I'm so blessed to have such a wife. I was so proud of her because she worked really hard and she was sweating and you know, doing all these things. And, you know, me trying to be a loving husband, tried to help her. So I, I moved stuff too. But I noticed that as we moved the stuff around, I just noticed that she wasn't really arranging the things. And she didn't look like she was happy. She seemed troubled. And so I asked, dear, what's wrong? And she said, you know, with those cute kitten eyes, you're going to hate me for what I'm going to tell you. And you'll probably divorce me because of this. I said, grabi pud. 
Okay, divorce good. Okay, come on, tell me. Keisha, you remember the necklace that I bought, you brought me, you bought me? I lost it. And then she started to explain, you know, I just place it here and this and that. And by the way, I asked permission to, to share this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this and that, and she was trying to explain. Then I took a deep breath and you know, to cut it short, we searched for it. And we searched for it for hours. But to no avail, we couldn't find it. So we rested. We gave up. You could imagine how we both felt about it. You know, the stress, the frustration, the anxiety, and the helplessness. The feeling of losing something or someone so special, but you could not find it. I'm sure we've all experienced losing something or someone. A key, a wallet, an ID, a cell phone, a document, you know, maybe a lost dog and you post it on social media. Please do help us find, we so love this dog. Or maybe you're a parent and you go to the mall and you realize your kid is no longer beside you. You know the anxiety, right? Our anxiety. Our text for today, Luke 15, introduces to us the same problem. A shepherd lost something so valuable to him, his sheep. The passage urges us to see the priority and urgency of finding the lost. And so for us, Bradford Church, this will be our emphasis for the first quarter of the year 2024. And today, we shall begin our church-wide evangelistic campaign called Who's Your One? And our emphasis again for this quarter is evangelism. As according to Bill Bright, evangelism is basically um, taking the step to obey in sharing the good news to the people and leaving the results to God. We will be take, talk, talking about the priority and urgency of sharing the gospel to someone because that's one of the reasons why Jesus came here. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And so the title of our message this Sunday is, Who's Your One? This will lay the foundation of our campaign. And the campaign, by the way, is very simple. It's very simple. Each one will reach one each month. Let's say this together. Ready? Begin. Each one will reach one each month. We don't have to think about thousands or hundreds. We just have to think of one. And so each of us at Bradford worshipers, worshipers here in this church, will reach one person each month. Focus on one person only. With the end goal of sharing the gospel to that person, bringing that person to Christ, bringing Christ to that person, and eventually become part, Lord willing, become part of our church too. Each one, reach one. But we have a question. Who's your one? Kinsaman, Lord, there's so many people in my life. Who should it be? Well, if we think about it, there are 7.8 billion people in the world today who need to know and be saved by Jesus Christ, but we cannot reach the 7.8 billion people altogether. But you, we can start with one person. Amen? Each one, reach one. Now, we may ask, 
Why are we doing this? Well, that's what we're going to learn or that's what we're going to find out in our text today. Let me give you a background of the parable. You see, this chapter is one of the clearest and greatest statements in the Word of God concerning the love of God for lost sinners. The passage that we will be studying today forms of a trilogy of parables about the lost, of things that are lost. First is the lost sheep. Second is the lost coin. Third is the lost son. But we will only focus on the first parable, which is the parable of the lost sheep. Now, why did Jesus teach this parable? Why or what's the main reason behind this parable? Well, the answer to that question or those questions can be found in verses 1 and 2. It says here, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them? You see, these parables were Jesus' answer to the self-righteous and vindictive attitude of the religious leaders against His ministry. Jesus was ministering and showing love to society's posts and out, out, outcasts. You know, who are they? Tax collectors whom everyone hated, prostitutes and, and sinners, which meant those who did not know the law or observe the legal niceties of Pharisaic religion. Jesus freely mingled among such people. He did not despise them as these religious leaders did. He loved them. These three parables are intended to show the character of God the Father towards His lost creation. From these parables, I want us to learn four steps or four lessons on how we should find our one. The one person that Jesus wants us to find and save. How do we do this? Well, number one, by leaving. Tara, let's go. <laughs> Not yet. After the service. <laughs> okay. The verse says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave? the 99 in the open country and go after one lost sheep until he finds it? You see, just how valuable is one person to God? How valuable is one person to God? This, remember, this parable was purposefully designed by Jesus to, te to teach us that one single person matters to God. One person is valuable to God. We can imagine the shepherd who might write off the loss of one sheep lightly. You know, you're saying, after all, he might say, what's one sheep when I still have 99? Basically, the loss is just 1%. Okay, right? Of course, that is not what the shepherd felt. The shepherd got worried about the lost sheep. Why? What's the explanation of his leaving? Well, we can imagine that the sheep may have wandered away from the shepherd Irregardless, he or that sheep was still precious to him. Regardless of the reason why he was not in the fold. Maybe laagan. It was precious to him because it was his. The point is not about why the sheep was lost. The point here is how precious 
that sheep was to the shepherd. He cared about that one little lost sheep. And some of us may feel that, well, okay, Rangusa. Probably not too important, it's just one. But God cares for each soul. Amen? God cares for the person walking on the streets. God cares for those riding in vehicles. Those person nga kusog mukat. God loves those people who jaywalk. Those people strolling at the malls, God loves them. God loves everyone, including the one you are seated next to. Amen? Tell the person next to you, God loves you. I think we can do better than that. Let's do that again. Tell the person next to you, God loves you. And do it with a smile, huh? God loves each one of us, amen? The sheep loss had extreme value to the shepherd and that he was determined to leave the 99 and find this lost sheep. For some people, they call it reckless. There's even a song about it. But no, this is not being reckless. This is pure love. This is intentional, sovereign love. In this parable, Jesus is somehow, Jesus somehow is saying that one person is valuable to God no matter how bad or evil he is. Some people think that they are out of the reach of God. I'm too evil for God's love. Masangit akong sungay sa church. And people feel that way. Even for Christians. Sometimes when they start, you know, when they start to disengage from the fellowship of the church, they find it hard to come back. Why? Masangit ang sungay. Kuno. But that is not true. God welcomes each one. God welcomes everyone. Though people think that they are, that God would be okay, that they should go to hell, that's wrong. Yes, God will still be God, but we must understand that God values each of His creation. How valuable is it? Let's look at Psalm 139. It says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. In other translation, it's really about how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. How vast is the sum of them, and if I would count them, they are more than the sand. That's how many. Just how valuable is one person? So valuable that the shepherd was thinking about that sheep, so willing to leave the 99 to find the one. Church, the shepherd's act of leaving the 99 tells us so much about the nature and character of God towards mankind. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone, that's his desire. But what about us? What is our attitude towards people? What is our attitude towards those who are not part of the church? Those who refuse to believe in Christ? Those who reject Christ? Sometimes in our anger, we might curse people, mamatay palangka, malata palangka. In our anger, in our frustration. But friends, God is different. He desires all to be saved. 
Amen? Oftentimes, we question our worthiness to be saved. Am I worth saving or is that person worth saving? But if we look at ourselves, we will realize that we are worthless. We are sinners because of sin. No? But to God, we are His masterpiece. We are His creation. And He wants to redeem His creation. And so that is why one soul is so valuable to God that Jesus left His glory in heaven to obey the Father's will to save mankind. Jesus did this for me. He did this for you. He did this to save you. But the question, again, for us, will you do this for others too? Will you leave your comfort zone in order to reach one soul for Jesus? We must be determined to leave so that we can find one soul for Christ. Amen? Which leads us to the second point. Looking, the verse says, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one lost sheep until he finds it? That's in verse 4. Just one sheep was missing, yet the shepherd still went and looked for it. For the shepherd, the search was dangerous and death was a possibility. But another shepherd might have counted the personal cost and decided to let that one sheep go. You know, it's more dangerous to search so that, okay lang, you know, probably reproduce na lang another sheep. But this shepherd was not about to, lo to lose even one sheep. So he went after it. The shepherd did not stop until his mission had been completed and the sheep had been found. He went after the sheep until he located it. Well, there was a possibility that the shepherd in the parable could be injured. Friends, our Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, for him, death was an absolute certainty. John 10, 11, it says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the... And so he laid his life, he laid his life down for each one of us. Why did the shepherd in this parable do, uh, do what he did for his sheep? He did it because he loved the sheep and cared what happened to it. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Of course, when Paul was writing this, he was addressing the concern at Corinth, meaning that people were giving up on each other, people were losing faith, people were not hopeful anymore, people were not enduring through every circumstance. And so he addressed that problem in Corinth by, by defining what love truly is, that love never gives up, love never loses faith. And this is what Jesus did. His focus or his focus in this parable is in the loss sustained by the shepherd because of one precious sheep that got away. Of course, we know that the shepherd represents God. But what about us? God indeed never gives up. We do agree with that, right? He never gives up and he never gives up on us. 
But sometimes for us as human beings, we do give up on people. We give up souls. We get annoyed by people. And instead of sharing the love of God, we just end up persecuting them. Ah, you'll go to hell. Sige. Talk to you. We do that. And if we don't do that to others, if we don't give up on other souls, sometimes we do give up on ourselves too. We feel like we are too far from the reach of God. But remember, no one is out of God's reach. No one is out of God's reach. Max Lucado, let's go to that. He said, no place is too common, no person is too hard, no distance is too far. There's no person God cannot reach. There's no limit to His love. Amen? There's no limit to His love. There's nothing that you can do that will change His love for you. There's nothing you can do to add to it, to increase His love for you. And there's nothing that you can do to, re- to make Him reduce His love for you. He loves you the same. He loves you no matter what. Amen? And so we see in here that God is in a search and rescue mission. God is in a search and rescue mission. Luke 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the purpose of Christ's coming. The whole point of the parable is that God wants us to concentrate even to great measures to search and rescue the lost, even just one soul. God was willing to leave the 99 sheep in order to go out and find the one lost sheep. It wasn't just about leaving. It was about looking and searching for that one lost sheep. Yes, it starts with us leaving the comfort zone. It started with the shepherd leaving the, the, probably the fold leaving the country, leaving the 99, but he went out and as he left, he also looked. He was intentional about it. I hope we get the point of Jesus here. That God went to a great measure just to look for one sheep. You see, praise God, he found me. Praise God, he found you. Amen? Amen. Aren't we grateful that God found us? And we sing, Amazing Grace. Can we sing that together? Ready? Begin. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Let's continue. I once was lost, but now I'm found. But now I see. And it is amazing grace indeed that once we were lost, but now we are found. We were once blind, but now we see. And this is what God has been doing from the beginning. Looking for souls to save. You see, you may have friends that are still lost today. People who don't know Jesus yet. But God has been pursuing them. And you may be, listen to this, 
you may be the instrument that God wants to use to reach them. The question is, are you willing to be used by the Lord? Will you say like the prophet Isaiah said, Here I am, Lord, send me. Or will you say, Here I am, Lord, send Pastor Maki. <laughs> send them. Okay? Sila lang, kaya rin nila. Magpray lang mi din hi. Prayer warrior lang mi. We must understand that even in Matthew, when the Lord said, Pray to the Lord of the harvest. For the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And indeed, when the disciples prayed, what happened after that? He sent them two by two. When we start to pray for people to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we must be ready to be saved too. Amen? So what's the application? Dili na lang ta magpray. No. As we pray, we must be ready to be sent too. Because that's what Jesus wants us to understand in this parable. He wants us to be like the shepherd, looking for one lost person at a time. So friends, leave, look, but also lift. Luke 15, verse 5. It says here, When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. So the shepherd has finally found the one lost sheep. There, you can just imagine, there it lays cold, wet, and terrified. The shepherd, in love and compassion, reaches out and touches the sheep. He saves it and rescues it from danger and death. The shepherd lifts the wayward sheep, places, places it on his shoulders, and heads back to his flock with a smile on his face. That is what the great shepherd does. That is what the great shepherd does. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd leaves or lays down his life for the sheep. He delivers them from danger and the damage of their sins. Like the good shepherd in this context, or in this passage, in this parable, God wants us to go the extra mile of lifting up another person so that they can come back to God. It's not enough to find them. Say, ah, there he is. Okay, bye. We must remember Jesus was telling this parable to confront the hearts of the Pharisees who were so against the tax collectors and sinners. He wanted to show that God's attitude towards people who don't know Him, who do not even submit to Him, is unlike of the Pharisees. He is compassionate towards people who are unbelieving. Well, when, if the Pharisees probably thought, well, because you are unbelieving and you do not follow the law, then you deserve your misery. So, bisaya pa, merisi. Kaba, paanaka. Ngayon ka ulo. Sometimes we could be like that to people. But the attitude of the Father towards them is love, compassion, and patience. This is the same thing He showed us 
For while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Instead of pushing others down the path of sin, friends, let's lift others up. Once you see people living in sin, don't just say, nah, that's who He is. Yeah, that's them. Instead, pray for them. Woo them. Pray for them. Pursue them. Care for them. Walk alongside them and lead them to the Lord. Do you know someone who needs lifting today? A friend? A co-worker? A relative? Galatians 6.1 Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Our goal is not to judge or to condemn but to rescue them in Christ. It is to rescue them in Christ. Jude 22 and 23, it says, Be merciful to those who doubt. Let's read this together. Be merciful. Ready? Begin. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Do not leave them in their sin. Usher them to God's love. We shall pursue our one by leaving, looking, lifting up, and also laughing. Not that we laugh at them. Okay, that's different. We don't do that. The verse says in verses 6 and 7, He calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. And I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. You see, this shepherd was able to rejoice with his friends and neighbors because his one lost sheep was found. He was overjoyed about the rescue of this one sheep. And according to this parable, what is it that really gets God and the angels to celebrate? What gets them going? What... In, in, you know, it makes them festive. The Bible tells us it's when one sinner repents, then we should be excited about it also. When a classmate comes to Jesus, when a co-worker surrenders his life to Christ, when a family member gives his life to Christ, we celebrate. We rejoice. Amen? And so we should be excited about our campaign. This who's your one. Okay? We might say program. I said, no, this is not just about a program. This is about the mission of this church. Our goal is not just to gather Christians from different churches and say, hey, come to Bradford Church. No, we are aligning ourselves to the will of God, to what the Bible says, that so we will pursue those who are lost. Amen? That is what we are doing here. And so we celebrate with heaven when that happens. Imagine when each one of you, how many of us are here today? Somebody, 230? I say 230. 230, each one of us here. Sorry, how many? I say about 230. 230. 
And imagine each one of us bring one soul to Christ. The Bible says, even if it's just one, heaven celebrates. Heaven is festive. Heaven celebrates. How much more if there's 230 people coming to Christ? This should encourage us and motivate us. You see, the Lord Jesus will have the last laugh, rejoicing. He will rescue His people and take them all home to be with Him in heaven. Amen? We get to heaven. Our friends, our family, our neighbor, neighbors will get to heaven as well. All of us celebrating in the joy of the Lord. And so in His presence, there is fullness of joy. And all of us will experience that. Live, look, lift, and laugh. But I know you still have one more question left in your minds. Ken, what happened to the necklace? Is it really lost? Well, to be honest, we have lost hope that we shall ever find the necklace. But then months after, we found it. We were so happy and in our joy, my wife was even crying, you know. So we found it. <laughs> but if we could be happy, friends, listen to me. If we could be happy about finding an earthly possession, yes, it was so dear, you know, spend all the last pay for that one so that it could be something that you'd remind you of what God has been, what God did and God's goodness. And, and we could be happy about it and rejoice about, about that. It was valuable. But if we could be happy about finding an earthly possession that was made by God's word or voice, Shall we not rejoice even more with heaven when, a, when we find a soul, someone who has been carefully crafted by God with His hands? Everything was let there be, let there be, let there be. But with man, it was God's masterpiece created with His hands. You see, I praise the Lord that He came looking for me. And I've shared this before, that I, I grew up, that though I grew up in the church, my heart wasn't always for Jesus. You know, I have Sunday school teachers here. And I've listened to them. I've listened to their stories. I've listened to countless stories in the Bible. But my heart, you know, I wasn't really interested about Jesus. I was interested in the snacks. Okay. As a, as a kid. That's what people do, diba. We go where the food is. Okay. <laughs> but I'm happy, and I rejoice, and I praise God. And it's just some, so humbling to know that God pursued me to make me realize, even in my own stubbornness, that Ken, you cannot save yourself. Ken, you're not far from, from the Lord's love. I praise God that He came looking for me to save me. I bless His name that He found me, lifted me, and I'm sure that He is taking me home. And I'm glad to be saved. Hallelujah. Can I ask you, what about you? I want to tell you that it's hard to find your one. If you yourself have not been found, 
If you yourself have not been found, it's hard to look for one. Because maybe as you hear this today, God, this may be God's way of pursuing you, telling you, come back home. He wants to lift you, carry you, but you've been resisting. And so let me ask you, where are you today? Are you lost out on the dark mountains of sin? Do you need to be rescued today? Then if so, then you can be saved if you will come to Jesus. Are you saved but not as close to Him as you need to be or as you wish to be? And if there is a need in your walk with Jesus, then you come and talk to Him about it. He is eager to listen to you, to hear to you. Are you saved, sure, and secure on the shepherd's shoulders today? You need to come before God to worship and thank Him. Thank you, Lord, that I am secure in you. Thank you, Lord. Are you saved? But know about one person who is lost. Leave and start looking for that one person. And lift him or her up to Jesus. And later, laugh in celebration of his or her of her salvation. Rejoice. Friends, we need to get our eyes off the 99 and turn toward them or turn toward the one lost. Friends, we are the 99. We have been found, but we have the privilege to leave and look and look for one. Who is your one? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, that you'd help us to obey this faithfully. As we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.